Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 71st edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We're going back into the 90s to interview Mark Atkins, 151 appearances for the Wolves and 11 goals between 1995 and 1999. Mark, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good, good, good. I mean... Thank you for this, Mark. I really appreciate your time today on the podcast. Um, I know I've tried to get you a couple of times before, but obviously we've been uh, you've been quite busy. Um, so what I always do on the podcast, Mark, I always go right back to the start of, of your junior yep. football, really, and, and how you got spotted, which I believe was by Scunthorpe. Yeah, I mean, like every other young lad, I think, you know, since the age of, you know, six or seven, you know, I was playing football all over the place. And, and uh, you know, with anybody that had a ball you'd go and play with and you know we had we used to have a park where I used to live about you know five minutes walk away and, it, it, and when I got to about eight and nine you was playing there was a big game every night and you'd, you'd go down there and just join in it and the age range would range from like eight to about 23 yeah you know, there were be, be kids massive and you just join in and play but you know playing for Sunday league teams that's when he first got recognized and managed to get into the Doncaster boys at around under 12 I think that star yeah so at that age, it was pushing on, and then from then it went to South Yorkshire boys, um, and then being really from that, it was getting recognised by teams, um, and I was going on, you know, for the in the in the summer holidays, I was going for training at Doncaster, which was my local club. Yeah, I was going to Barnsley, I was going to Leeds, and it was really just just going all over the place and seeing what you what you liked and what you didn't like. Um, but when I got to fourteen, and then them days you could you could sign schoolboy forms at fourteen. And um, playing a lot of football, and like I say, with the, still with the Doncaster teams and and the uh, South Yorkshire, nothing really came as an offer right. uh, on a schoolboy form. So I was still going around these clubs and training, mainly at Doncaster, and it looked as though they were going to offer me something, but never really came forward with it. And in, and in the end, I got a scout called Eddie Edwards, an old, you know, he was probably seventy uh, then when he, he he found me, he took he took me to Scunthorpe for a trial. On a Sunday afternoon, yeah. and um, I think it, it was around April May time, end of the season. So we went, and there must have been, I'd say, about sixty, seventy kids there. It, they played three twenty minutes, and you played. You, you were supposed to play two of them, and I only played one for some reason. So nobody said a word afterwards. So I come home, never thought much of it. You know, just thought it was another another day gone. And I just went home, got in the bath. So I, I lived. In Doncaster, which was, I lived Doncaster, Scunthorpe side of Doncaster. Yeah. So it was only 20 minutes from there back home. So just got in the bath, was sat in the bath, and the front door knocked. And uh, I, I never thought much of it, just thought it was somebody coming to the door. The next minute, my sister's running up the stairs saying, You better get out of the bath quick. <laughs> right, I said, No, she said, she said, Just get out of the bath quick. Just get, so get, get changed, run, down, run downstairs. Yeah. And there's, there's, all, there's only the great Alan Clark. Sat in my front room having a cup of tea with my mum and dad. So he was the Scunthorpe manager at the time. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, real surreal moment. But he was sat there with a with a schoolboy form on his knee and he basically said, I'm not leaving this room until you sign this form. 
Oh, I so mean, you only need to see you for five minutes, never mind 20 minutes, I knew you'd be a player. And as a young player, Mark, as a, as a young man, uh, you know, it's your dream, obviously, to, to play professional football. So for that to happen in your living room and a legend such yeah. as Mr. Clark coming to you, it must be a real, real a huge honour and confidence booster. Yeah, massively. You know, and he did just, you know, we signed the forms, you know, straight away. He told us what he was thinking about and, and how we would progress and, and things like that. And, you know, he... He stayed for about two hours, and just you know, talking over football and his career and things like. That. It was a fantastic moment, you know, to be in there as, like, I say, a young lad. And my mum and dad were starstruck because you know, we're in Yorkshire, Leeds was the was the team in them days. You know, that everybody looked up. Yeah. I'd been and watched Leeds quite a few times because one of my best mates was a Leeds fan, so I went with him a few. Who, um, so it, it was fantastic. Yeah. Who was your team growing up, Mark? Incidentally. I was always a Donny Rovers fan. I mean, I went. I think I went to my first game about four when I was four years old. Yeah. And uh, always, you know, sat there on the on the um, on the concrete wall, you know, legs over the front, watching yeah. where he could in them days. And you know, oh yeah, big um, big Doncaster fan. You know, really old um, players. You know, Peter Kitchen. Yeah. Peacock, people like that, then running through the Billy Russells and the Snodding brothers and people that, you know, all of, all of them were really big heroes of mine. I mean, because you, you actually did get to play for Doncaster, didn't you, later in your career? Yeah, that was only one of the that was one of the reasons why, after I left Wolves, I came back to Doncaster, because that was something in my mind that I wanted to really try and do. Yes. And it did come around later on, not in the ways I expected, but, it, you know, it came around and I actually got, got to um, play captain and to manage them I managed them for eight games and to caretaker role so you know done, done all three of them what an absolute honour and also obviously growing up as a young man you represented England schoolboys yeah I did I mean like I say when, when I signed the schoolboy form I mean that was I would say April May time and he, Alan Clark basically said to me right, I want you back in, about into training in July with the first team which was something not to me. I mean, I, my birthday wasn't till August, so in July, I was still at 14 years old. I was doing pre-season with the first team and never, ever not trained with the first team when I went down there for school holidays and things like that. Everything was done done with the first team. And, you know, they, had, they only had a few apprentices, but they had, uh, like, a youth team squad that, that would play on Saturdays. And, you know, I got straight into that at 14, 15 years old and from then went on to reserves. And, you know, really just kept going. But I, I got offered an apprenticeship um, at uh, 15. Well, just shot my 16th birthday with Scunthorpe. They offered me a two-year apprenticeship. And I actually turned it down. Right. And, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's funny, with, you know, when you think about it now. <laughs> but I, I turned it down and stayed on at school to do A-levels. Okay. Now, I know there's a big thing about footballers being thick and all that, but I had 10 O-levels. Right. And... Um, so I decided, you know, we, we, it was a big conversation we had over a lot of time and, and I turned it down and I basically got got the best of both worlds because my teachers, uh, my head teacher at the school I was at, let me go to school for three days to yeah. do three A-levels and I went to Scunthorpe the other two days. So on a, I think it was a Monday and a, a Thursday I went to Scunthorpe training. And the other days I went to school and, and did my A-levels. So, I mean, to be honest, uh, Mark... It was best of both was like... Uh, with 10 O-levels, you actually wasted as a footballer, aren't you? Well, thanks for that, Jay. <laughs> I like career, you know? I'm only joking, buddy. I mean, really, that's <laughs> no. the thing. 
I suppose when you do get a chance to, you know, a, a professional football training with a professional club, an opportunity for a lot of people, a lot of young people. I'm sure, listen, the school work could go out the window. I mean, look, I was nowhere bloody near good enough for anything like that. But if I'd have had a professional club sniffing around me, 14, 15, that would have been it. Textbooks gone. I'd have been just focused on that. Yeah, I think it was a lot different in them days. I mean, you know, when when it was offered, the apprenticeship, they took two apprentices every year. Right. there was hardly any, you know what I mean? It was a big, big thing and for me to turn it down. I mean, a lot of people turn their noses up, really. Yes. Because they all thought I should be accepting it and being, being good with it. But I had a lot of, um, the, you know, a couple of the lads who I watched at Doncaster, Billy Russell, Steve Lister, they they had signed for Scunthorpe that year that I would offer the thing, the yeah. um, apprenticeship. And th- they basically said to me, you know, Get yourself, get yourself some qualification just in case. Yes. Because they'd been round the fourth division all the career, made no money, you know, lived lived where they could. Yeah. You know, whenever they went anywhere, they, you know, he said they got no money in the bank. They're living day to day, wanting women bonuses as much as, and that's what it was like in them days. The division four, you know, when I got into the first team squad and everything, everybody was so geared up about you know, win bonuses and things like that, they're going to be extra on the wages yeah. just to pay the mortgages off. And it was just a, an experience that I'll never forget. Right. But, like, you know, in, in that time when, when I stayed on at school, that was the time when I went for Charles for England school, boys. I got in it, uh, under-18s it was, I got in it the first year when I was a year younger than everybody else. And then the second year, uh, I went again and got in it again and I was made captain the second year. So they were, you know, great experiences. Yeah, and I suppose the reality is... For players like that at a club like Scunthorpe, with the greatest respect back then, you know, they are, you know, almost working men. They're playing for a working wage, and the win bonuses, like you said, are very important to them, aren't they? Oh, massively, massively. And, you know, it got, it got rough at times, dressing rooms at them days. It, you know, if somebody made a mistake and it's cost you a win, and people are needing it for the mortgage, yeah. there'd, be, there'd be fish flying and, and things <laughs> flying all over the place. It, it was like that. And, <laughs> and I think that was the best best upbringing I had like you say you know for me to train with first team players all the time it made me better or I had to get better or I would have just fell behind and it made me stronger and things like that and obviously being in the dressing room with these players and the the, the players at Scunthorpe United taught me a a great grounding for my football career you know I didn't take nothing for granted because I knew I'd been in that dressing room and they were fighting for everything they could get Right now, in 1988, um, you was obviously doing your talking on the pitch, Mark. Um, you got a forty-five thousand pound move to Blackburn Rovers, possibly the best forty-five thousand pounds I'd ever spent. Now, <laughs> listen, you could not have envisaged that seven short years later that you would be in the team that lifted the Premier League. Now, just before the interview, I did start looking at the stats. So you signed for him in 88. In 91-92, they got promoted from the then Championship to the, the Premier League via, by the way, the back door of the playoffs, finishing sixth. Yeah. Now, 92-93, first season in the Premier League, you finish fourth. 93-94, second. So you're always flirting with it. And then 94-95, you, you, you won the Premier League. You made 34 appearances, correct me if I'm wrong, and scored six goals. He was a pivotal part I mean, yeah. what a time was that for you, Mark? Well, it's just a time that, you know, you look back on now, and it was just incredible. You know, from, from the minute I signed, which I nearly never signed, because uh, the day, well, 
I went to Barnsley on the Tuesday. I was out of contract at Scunthorpe, but they offered me another deal. But I knew those clubs after me, and I went to Barnsley uh, because Alan Clark was manager there then, and he he offered me a, a good deal for two years there. But said I won't play for a while because uh, he wanted to bed me into like you know the championship like it is now yep. that level. So I went away and I said, well, I'll think about it. The next day I got a call from Blackburn Rovers and said, we come over here for talks. Went over there and I signed when I was over there because it was that good. And they were saying, you'll be straight in the first team. And that first year, I played every game. I played 60 matches that year. And um, that's without pre-season. So I don't know how the lads these days would cope with that. But that's what you did. You just played and played and played. So, And and it's, I always tell you people, when I went, the, the fir- my first home game, there was six and a half thousand there. And when I left, my last home game was 32, 32 and a half. So you'd seen the so, club grow hugely. Yeah, massively. And, it, you know, I, I mean, when I went there, it needed changing. It was all run down. But we managed to get in the playoffs the first two years. Um, third year was the, the, the probably, you know, the, it was the worst season, but it was probably a follow-on from the previous two years when we'd done so well. It was hard to keep it going. Yeah. Um, and the third season we had a bad season and that's when Don Mackay got the sack and that's when you know Jack Walker had come in that, that previous summer um, Jack was a big Blackburn Rovers fan um, I've seen him around the club a lot of time he, he owned Walker Steel yeah. uh, he sold it for something like in, in the early 90s something like 300 million <laughs> you know so he had yeah. a bit of money behind him and he wanted to put some into Blackburn Rovers which was you know, great. And the way he was, he was a down-to-earth fella. You know, nothing... If you saw him in the street, you'd walk straight past him. You know, nothing fancy about him or anything. Just a down-to-earth fella, a Blackburn lad who wanted to see his hometown team do well. And that's... It was all, you know, most a lot of it was down to him. I mean, what he built on and off the pitch at Blackburn was amazing. I, I actually... Just to digress a little bit, I went to... Played in a charity match at Blackburn Rovers once. And what was really interesting was... One of the, he had like a suite and he and he based it round his, I don't know if you knew this, Mark, he based yeah. it round his grandmother's living room and, right. and there was a suite and the, the, you went in there and there was like an old carpet, an old sofa, um, old curtains. It was really weird and it looked out onto the pitch, but I think what he did there personally was built a huge legacy and to yeah. do what he did and win the Premier League, I mean, like you said, I bet you couldn't foresee that transformation, signing in 88 and then winning the Premier League seven years later with the likes of Kenny Dalglish as manager and the players that were bringing in, Alan Shearer. I mean, it, it must have been yeah. massive. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you, when you sign for a club like that, you just want to do well for yourself and for the club. I mean, you know, but when it all you know, started coming and Jack coming in, I mean, the other thing he did, when, when all the, the um, ground was getting redeveloped and they started on the main stand, which was the last one to get redeveloped, yeah, he had all the board... Blackburn's boardroom was a very um, old-fashioned boardroom. It was all wall, you know, uh, wood, wood-panelled. Yes. And it, it was it was well-known in the Football League. It was one of the best boardrooms. He had people take that down bit by bit and build it back up in the new, in the new um, stadium. Brilliant. The new stand, and it is there still now. It's exactly the same as it was in, in the in the old ground, which it was fantastic, you know. Brilliant. But it, it's like I say, I mean, you know, bringing Kenny in was the masterstroke. He was the missing link. Yeah. I think, you know, Don McKay had been given money uh, before he lost his, his job, 
but he couldn't attract the players. He went for Mike Newell. Mike Newell turned him down straight away. Yeah. Once Kenny, once Kenny came, Mike Newell was the first signing. Yeah. You know, straight in because he knew he'd come for Kenny, and everybody was saying the respect he had off any player was unreal. Once he walked into the dressing room, you know, he, he, the place just went alive. It, 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 we were, you know, everybody was buzzing when we first saw him. And uh, you know, if he said, you know, it's like I always say to people. If he said to you run through that big wall, you would try and run through that big wall because he was that good for you. Now, I take it, Mark. I haven't asked this question before because I always do a bit of prep. Have you still got your Premier League winners medal? I have. Yes, it's in the house. Well, we are actually um, in the in the middle of moving house, so I don't actually know where it is. But my wife, knows. <laughs> she she always keeps moving it because I I sometimes get it out to show people. And yeah. Like, well, that's where she had it last time. It's not there now. Where have you moved it to? And she won't tell me where it is, so I couldn't tell you where it is. But it's somewhere in the house. <laughs> I tell you what, Mark. If I was a Premier League winner, mate, I'd have it round my neck now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think once when when we, you know the. The celebrations after winning the league were, were unreal for about two weeks. It, it was just unbelievable. I bet. And there came a stage where it, it was thinking to yourself, where's my medal? Because th- things were just going off and he was out all the time and, and that. I didn't really know where it is, but we managed to find it and now we keep it really safe. Oh, I hope so. Don't lose it again, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, was it, was, it, was it a wrench to leave Blackburn, Mark, after having so much success on the pitch um, and, and you pretty much left the season after effectively was it was it difficult to, to, to you know say goodbye to Blackburn yes yes and no uh, Jace really because um, I didn't want to leave I mean the, se- the season before we won the league which would have been 93-94 I only played five games that season yeah um, that's when they'd signed David Batty yes um, and, and let me first say David Batty and Tim Sherwood are the two best players I've ever played with in my yeah, life. Great players. So I, I, I had yeah, I had no um no argument with them two playing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? In that season. It was it was something that, that, that was just one of the things that I had. I think I had four four different offers that season to leave. Um but the the offers just weren't or the places were, which were offering me things weren't right for me. Yeah. Um, the only one I nearly went to, I nearly went to Norwich. Yeah, in a in a swap deal, um, but that that didn't actually go through at the end. But and every time a club came in for me, I sat down with Kenny, and every all the four times he said to me, "Look, it's your decision. I understand if you want to go, but I don't want you to go." And that's all you needed to hear. You know, if Kenny Dalglish says he doesn't want you to go, then you know that's that's probably the main reason why I never left before. It's a good job he didn't go, to be honest. But in that 93-94 season, when they finished second, like you said, you only played a few games. But yeah. if you'd have played 34 games like you did in the winning season, they might have won it a season earlier, Mark. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, I, I always think that. Well, I always say now is a, it's a funny thing when I do a few talks around the Blackburn area and things like that. Yeah. I always say Kenny was ahead of his time because he realised that by resting me for a full season, I would yeah. have been... I was perfect for the for the championship winning season. So. <laughs> Brilliant, Brit. Now the biggest move of them all then came one million pounds to Wolves mm. in September '95. Um, it was Graham Taylor that signed you. What What's interesting here, Mark, is the, the point I wanted to get to. You'd seen the legacy Jack Walker had built and had, had achieved at Blackburn, and I think you you clearly brought into that when you signed in for Wolves, because yes, although you're dropping a division. Um, you know, Jack Hayward is trying to replicate what Jack Walker's done at, at Blackburn. So, was it quite an easy decision to make joining Wolves, Mark? 
Well, the, the interest came at the back end of the season before. That's when my agent said to me, oh, Wolves are interested in you, but they can't buy it at this present time. Yep. So, you know, we, we just knew there was interest. And then the season after winning the league, well, obviously, the, the season winning the league, I was in the team, so there was no talk of me leaving and we were doing that well. You know what I mean? It was just a case of trying to get over the line at the end, to be fair, which we just managed to do. But but then it veered its head again um, after the season because I was out of contract. Yep. Um, Blackburn hadn't offered me anything when we got to the back end of the season. Uh, um, so it didn't... But in them days, you couldn't just leave. Um, they actually offered me a... A, I will say a contract, yeah, which was nowhere near anything which what we wanted. Yes, um, but it, it came to be that then Wolves uh, and Graham especially was onto my agent saying, you know, I want him to come here yes. uh, if we can get a deal done. Now he said he had to sell somebody for to fund the deal. Um, so we were waiting for that for a bit. Um, Blackburn was still not coming back with anything like what we were looking for. I mean, let me just tell you, when uh, the 94-95 championship winning season, I was doubling my wage by a win bonus. Uh, really? So, yeah, so, I mean, when you've been there a few years, you obviously are behind in the in the wage brackets. Yeah. Um, what, what you get and things like that. And players were coming in for a lot, lot more than what I was getting. So... It, it was time then for them to reward me, and they weren't willing to do it. I mean, we were yeah. wanting a three-year deal, which would have took me to a ten-year testimonial. Oh. They offered they offered me a two-year deal with with hardly any pay rise, which was well down the pecking order, if you know. So uh, it was it was difficult because Keddy had gone to uh, director of football straight after him. They Arford was taken over. Now let's just say they Arford's the best coach I've ever worked with. Yeah. Fantastic him, guy. Ray Arford, yeah. But I, th- but I think he was a bit under strains to to not spend so much on 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 wages and he wasn't really pushing my corner. Yeah. So when it when it came to in September, um I I wasn't I was in and out of the team the first six or seven games. Uh, I played in the Champions League, which was another good thing for me. I managed to play in the first game of the Champions Champion, League. Eh? I didn't know yes. that. Yeah, I played against Spartak. We played Spartak Moscow at home and lost 1-0. Um, and I always remember the game, and I'll tell you a little story. Yeah. He, uh, we were in training the day before. I was taking corners. Yeah. And, and Ray Arthur basically said to me, I don't care where you put it, just don't hit the front man. So we get we were playing quite well against Spartak Moscow, and it's 0-0. We're going into... Halfway through the first half, we get a first corner. And I'm thinking to myself, right, whatever you do, don't hit the first man. And what do I do? <laughs> hit the front hit, man. Hit, hit the first man. Yeah. He heads it out. And the centre forward goes through one-on-one. No. it away. So I'm running back thinking, don't score, don't score. But it went in. So oh. it, that was just a, a thing to that. But but yeah, but like you said, when then Graham basically said he had a deal on the table for um, David Kelly. Yes. Ned. To move. And I think his movement um, got got me moving to Wolves, got the deal going. Yes. I mean, they, they, then Blackburn asked for two million instead of one million that they'd always asked for. <laughs> so it, you know they were being a bit a bit funny with it. So we just left and we said we'd go to tribunal if need be, and they ended up they agreed at a million. So that's when I came over for talks and, and we sorted everything out. And uh, you know, it bit, even on then they they Blackburn chairman phoned me up. Uh, as we're travelling to Wolverhampton, 
um, and said he would offer me this, that and the other. Yeah. But I, but I just said, no, thank you. And that was it, you know. I, so I mean, I, what's, what's quite interesting, Mark, is at the time, you know, and, and rightly so, Alan Shearer, Chris Sutton coming in and they're obviously paying, being paid big money and, you know, they, they're delivering the goods. But like you said, yeah. if you've had longevity at a club, um, you know, a win is so important to you because you're doubling your wage, whereas Alan Shearer and Chris Sutton, yes, they would have been rewarded handsomely, but a win, you know, a win bonus that, that you know, it wouldn't have made a huge difference to them, would it, as it would to you? No, no, that's right. I mean, it was, it got to a stage where we were playing two games a week and winning two games a week. And you know my wages were trebling. It's uh, it, it, you know it's ridiculous how things like that. Where, like you said, people like that won't even notice it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> so Graham Taylor, obviously, paid, yeah. you know, I mean, one million pound at the time, still big money. Now, first yeah. season, ninety five, ninety six, we finished twentieth, awful season. Um, the following season, 96-97, we finished third. And in the playoffs, we played Crystal Palace away and then subsequently at home. The, the away leg, I think, is where we lost it, as you know. We, we lost 3-1. Yeah. And then in the home leg, you and Aidy Williams scored, who we had in the podcast recently. We won 2-1. Um, I suppose when you get to the playoffs, uh, you know, so early in your career at a club, you, you can't help but think, do you know what? I'm going to have a taste of the Premier League again. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you know, one of the reasons I say, I mean, let me just first say Graham was fantastic. I yeah. thought, you know, I thought he was very unfortunate um, when he didn't get the sack. But yes. he, he said, as when we first met, he didn't think he had long. You know, he, he did say that to me. He said, I don't think I've got long, but hopefully we can keep it going as long as possible. Um, so I think he knew he had the right, he was on the wall. But, I, you know, I came to Wolves to get promoted. Yes. It was as simple as that. And I feel... Um, that's one of my regrets of my career that I didn't get the club promoted or be part of a team that got promoted. Yeah. Um, there was there was enough good players in and around the squad um, to get promoted, and especially that season. I mean, that season started off when we went to Austria in pre-season, and we had two crucial ligaments with AD did his and Tony Daly did his crucially both in the same um, pre-season, you know, get together out in Austria. Which, which really hampered things because I think um, Mark was going to play AD, Keith Curl and probably Dino was three at the back. Yeah. And and in the pre-season, I mean, I'd, I'd had a hernia operation at the end of the first season I was there. So my, my um, pre-season was stopped for a couple of weeks. I didn't do as much as everybody else. But once we got out in Austria... Um, Mark came to me and said, you know, would you fancy playing sweeper and see how that goes? And, you know, it just took off, really. And we had a, we had a fantastic season. Some, you know, we had outlets with Foggy and, and Jamie Smith on the wings and yeah. people like that coming in. And, you know, to play alongside Dean Richards was just fantastic. Even at a young age, he, he was outstanding, the lad. Oh. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, I've just done a recent um, 1 to 11, and you would think um, that after winning the Premier League, you would have all Blackburn players, but I, I had three Wolves players in my team and Dino was one of them. I don't know that you could guess the other two. I'd imagine one of them would be Stephen George Bull. Yes. And the other one, oh, um, you put me on the spot now, Mark. I'm trying to think the players you played with. I mean, Jeff Thomas, perhaps? No, he was he was very close, but the other one was um, a boot boy of mine. Oh, right. Oh, yes. would he, oh, I know it is. Would it be a Mr. Robbie Keane? It would, yes. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, brilliant. So, you know, yeah, but yeah, say that season was good, like you say. But we we lost it a bit towards the end of the season. I think we we should have really got promoted in second place instead yes. of Barnsley. I mean, there was a, I know there was a bit of between Danny Wilson and Mark. There was a bit of um, going back and forwards in the papers, weren't there? At some yeah. stage. I think it hurt us more than it hurt Barnsley. But uh, that's that's something I mean, that's gone. But but I've interviewed a few players from from your era, Mark. I've interviewed mm. obviously Steve Froggett, Simon Osborne, Aidy Williams. Um, Neil Emblen and you know what they all say pretty much the same thing in as much as you look around that dressing room you, you know you look at them players 1 to 11 we had a squad more than capable um, of, of, of winning the league you know we really did but we always used to fall short that we had terrible luck with injuries and in my opinion back to your, your, your earlier point the, the, the Graham Taylor um, you know, the, the way he left, and, and you know, it was just the wrong time completely. And I think if he'd have been given a bit more time, I definitely think we would have achieved promotion under Taylor. I totally agree with you, Jason. I mean, I think you know, he, he, I, I speak very highly of him, even though I was only part, I think six or seven weeks I had with him. Yeah. But I was, I was really, really impressed with him. I mean, you know, I had, I had four years with Kenny, um, and I can't speak highly enough of Kenny, but Graham would be in that category as well. Yes. The way he went about about his business and how he talked to players and explained things and everything like that. So yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think you know the the, the playoff games were just you know that that last minute away at Palace was. That's just what done us, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've Crystal Palace is a place I never want to go to again. Yeah. In in nineteen, what was it? Eighty eight, eighty nine. My first season. At Blackburn, we got in the playoffs, uh, beat Watford in the semis, two-legged, and then we had a two-legged uh, final. Yeah, it used to be two-legged finals, didn't it? Yeah, it was then them days. Yeah, so we we played our home game first, uh, beat Palace three-one at home, and they had Mark Bright, Ian Wright up the front. Jeff was playing. Yeah, you know, so they had a good, good side, and we beat them three-one. We missed a Howard Gale missed a penalty with two <sighs> minutes to go to make it four-one, which would have really you know, really wrapped it up for us, yeah. we would have thought. So we had to go, go down to Sellers Park on a, on, a, on a, it was a Saturday, I think it was, when we went down. And, you know, the, the, the best we gave a dodgy penalty early on, after this, we took it to extra time. And at extra time, their fans all came over the barriers and were stood right round the edge of the pitch. I mean, I was playing right back at the time, I was taking throw-ins and I couldn't get on the... I was having to take throw-ins on the pitch oh, because all the fans were around the outside. And in the end, Ian Wright scored to make it three and, you know, just devastated as that is the worst oh. feeling I've ever had in football. I mean, you know, to come back from that, but... You, you did obviously grab a goal in the second leg, uh, you know, and then yeah. you think, listen, we got half a chance really. To, but a, a point I was going to get to is um, about your, you, you've said, you know, you played right back, sweeper. Mm. You, in the end, you had a bit of a versatile play utility tag. Now, I spoke to a few players who've had that tag and sometimes it can go against you, can't it, Mark? Because yes, in one respect, if they need an emergency striker or someone in midfield or someone at centre half or someone at right back, left back, they know they can rely on you. But sometimes, because you haven't got a defined position, sometimes you can go further down the pecking order. Yeah, before before I came to Wolves, I mean, when I started at Scunthorpe, I played both full-backs, I played centre-half, I played sweeper, yeah. I played in midfield a little bit. So I was always renowned for being able to play in a certain amount of positions. And when I came to Blackburn, I ended up playing every position apart from goalkeeper. Oh, right. Um, 
yeah, so I, I mean, I played. I got my one claim to fame is one game at centre forward with Alan Shearer, and, and I scored, and he never. So, <laughs> See, I never knew all this. Yeah. So yeah, but so I played all over, you know, and every, every number apart from one, I yeah. played at. Um, so. I think before I came to Wolves, I would say it was an advantage and it yes. never really um, went against me. But I think my time at Wolves is the, is the only time when I, fe- I feel, looking back on it, that it did um, go against me because yeah. I came as a central midfield player in a, in a 4-4-2. That was my best yeah. position at the time and I just won the Premier League playing yeah. that position and I've probably played... 20 games for Wolves in that position over my career you know I played midfield in a three I played at the back for a full season I played right back for quite a lot I played left back yeah you know so I don't really think I I was able to show the Wolves fans what I was really good at what you could even know uh, Mark was, to be fair 151 appearances you know 11 goals yeah. I mean you know that that's, that's there's a lot of appearances there so obviously he was doing something right because that was only over four yeah. seasons as well. Yeah, I know. I played. I, you know, I played a lot of games. I was, I was lucky with injuries up until my last couple of seasons playing. You know, I didn't have really any major injuries. But uh, you know, I just feel myself. I could have if if I'd have been given a run. When, when the when well, shall I say when the better players came into this into the squad? Yeah. If I'd have been given a run in midfield, I I think. That could have took us to another level. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't to be. The manager had different ideas, and you know, the manager brought players in he knew and he trusted in in the midfield area yeah. a lot of the time, and that stopped it. But you know, I was always involved up until the last season. Well, um, well, what what's interesting, Mark, is like I said, under Graham Taylor, we had the the twentieth place finish, then we had the player finish at third, and and to be honest. All, all three seasons after that first season were relatively successful. Ninth place finish, seventh place yeah. finish, 97-98. We also had a fabulous FA Cup run. Yeah. Um, you'd actually played, which is quite interesting. I didn't know this. You played in every round except the quarterfinal against Leeds and the, yeah. the semi-final against Arsenal. And I don't know the reason why. Was Because, like you said, you played in every round. I think there was four rounds before that. Um was, was did did Mark because listen we all know the semi final was some ridiculous yeah. <laughs> team changes but did you get dropped for those games? I, I'd been playing as fullback I believe before uh, a couple of games before the Leeds game yeah and if I I, I was trying to remember it today and looking back on things I'm sure I was playing I've been playing fullback and not been playing I played midfield for most of the season then I think um, Muzzy had got injured yeah and I think he came out of the team and I'd moved into fullback and I think we got did did we get beat the game before uh, the Leeds quarter final something like that and I think Muzzy came back and I was on the bench at Ellen Road right um, so that, that you know that is what it is you don't you know you don't make no fuss over that and it's uh, it was a case of then when it came to the semi-final, um, obviously Steve Claridge had been brought in yeah. and Robbie Slater had been brought in. Yeah. And yeah. The, the most disappointing thing for me, I mean, there's a there's a few things that obviously went wrong with the team selection and that, but the disappointing thing for me is that Robbie Slater was put on the bench after being there for two weeks. Yeah. 
you know, which which was not right for me. I don't think that's that was ever going to be taken. But and you know, in saying that, how can you leave Bully and Keno in a semi final on the bench? Well, I don't, I, I don't get that. I interviewed Colin Lay, and he said, right. "Look, he can't remember the the thought process behind it, but he he thought it was to maybe give him an element of surprise. You know, you had Steve Ball on the bench and Robbie Keane. There's always a goal in them pair, but." They opted to, to play Steve Claridge up front on his own, which, listen, no disrespect to Steve Claridge. Um, you know, he, he didn't particularly do well in his spell at Wolves, although, he'd, you know, he'd had, a, he'd had a good career. But I just think that was yeah. such... When you get to a FA Cup semi-final, you've got to play your best team, haven't you, Mark? Oh, of course you have. And when he, when he, he says that, it, you know, it's a bit of um, mind, mind games and things like that, it was Arsenal we were playing, the best team in the country. Yeah. It wasn't as if you're playing somebody in your own league where you can get a... Would, would they have been bothered when they saw any team sheet going in? No, no. But, you know, I don't think that once they've seen Steve Bull not in there and Bobby Keane not in there, they'd have been delighted. Of course. Yeah, so, I, I you know, for me, it was a great run. Um, semi-final, great day out for everybody. But we never performed. We never got the chance to perform. Yeah. And I think as a squad, I think that let down the fans. Because for me, you just go for it. And yes. if you get beat going for it, then unlucky. You know, I've seen, you see teams all the time coming up against the big teams now and really just go for it. Yeah. And, you and can't I, afford to just sit back and just let them play. And I think with with Steve Bull, and I know you know Steve personally because I've seen you at a few yeah. of the events, Mark. Listen, with, with, yeah. with Bully up front, he can get a goal from anywhere. Robbie Keane at that time had that much confidence. Yeah. Um, you know, he, 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 you know, there was certainly a goal in the pair of them at any given point in that game and that is so frustrating. And which brings me to the point, what was your relationship like with, with Mark McGee and Colin Lee? Um, very good. Yeah. I, I, I really like Mark and Colin. Um, until the next season we're on about 98, 99 yeah uh, up to then I had a good relationship no problems um, Colin was a good, good good coach great guy you know Mark kept himself to himself a little bit with being manager and that's what you do yeah you know but I liked his ideas and I liked the way he ran football and, and, and everything about him um, but I, we had a little well I, well I had a fallout with him uh, at the beginning of the, the next season pre-season when um, I, I played the last few of that season, the 97-98. I, I played. I got put back in midfield and, and played a few games in midfield towards the season. Scored a couple, and you know, it basically was told I was going to play midfield next season, which which was fine. Yeah. So we played it all pre-season. I mean, I know we played Blackburn at home that year, which was you know played well in that game, and and then we we played Barcelona the week before the season started. Yes, I remember. And, uh, yeah. And it was me and um, Ozzy, middle of the park, and we played all that. And obviously, Barcelona got a lot of the ball, and you have to keep your shape and things like that. I've heard you. I've heard you um, marked Louis Figo out the game. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he went, he went, and we got beat in the end. And, and he, he came in after the game and had a bit of a pop at us <laughs> midfield by saying we didn't have enough of the ball. And you, hold on a minute, you're playing Barcelona, we're not playing Barcelona. Flipping Xavi, Louis Figo. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he never said anything on the day. And, and, you know, the week after, I went in to see him and basically just had a chat with him and, you know, said I didn't think it was right what he said. And he was like, yeah, I suppose he was just off the, at the time, wasn't quite happy. And, and things said, don't worry about it, It'll, everything will be fine, you'll, you'll still be in my team. And that and that, right, okay, no problem. And then we come to Saturday, my first game of the season, and I wasn't even in the squad. Oh. 
So, and then I never played, I wasn't in the squad for the next probably 15, 20 games, I think, something like that. So, yeah. you, you so, know, the worst thing you can do from a manager <sighs> is is not, if he doesn't tell you the truth, if he tells you the truth and you take it on the head, on the head because, yes. you know, he's in charge and he can do whatever he wants. But if they say something and do something completely different, that's when you lose a bit of respect for them. Yeah. You know, I would, you know, you have to let sleeping dogs lie and, yes. and things like that. It's just at the time that's what happened. And until Colin, I, I think until Colin took over when he got the sack, they don't like anybody managing getting the sack. It's it's a horrible thing for them. Yeah. But until Colin took over, I don't think I played a game until he, he got in charge. Oh, I mean, and all you've done really, you know, you are a model professional, Mark, and all you've done really is gone to effectively speak your mind and try and sort things out. Because look. You, you want to play football like anyone. Um, and sometimes I think managers mm. don't like to be challenged, do they? No, it wasn't a heated discussion. It was just a normal discussion where you, yeah. you could have had it in a, in a, in a canteen or, or anywhere, you know what I mean? Yes. In the corridor or anything. It wouldn't have mattered if people were walking past. It was just a, yes. a conversation we had. And he didn't seem upset about it in any way. So I don't know what happened between between that and then picking a team for the, for the game or the squad for the game. I mean, even if it had said... You know, you, I'd have been sub then, fair enough, but it I wasn't even in the 14 or whatever it was in them days. Uh, so, very strange, but uh, that's football for you. And that's, uh, it is frustrating. Now, um, also made a little note, uh, Scott Sellers, who's now the technical director at Wolves and doing an amazing yeah. job. You actually played with him at Blackburn, didn't you as well, Mark? Yeah, Scott Sellers, best left foot I've ever played with. Yeah, uh, His right foot was awful. You can tell <laughs> yeah. him that if you see him. But, Best left foot, you know, great lad. We were roommates for a couple of years at Blackburn as well before he left. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the unfortunate thing for Scott is he did all the hard work. Yeah. Because he, he was the best player in the team for three or four years trying to get us through the playoffs. And then yeah. eventually when we, we won the playoffs at Wembley beating Leicester in 92, um, he was out of contract and he moved on because Blackburn didn't offer him a good enough deal, same as myself. It was Newcastle so, he went to, wasn't it? I believe. Yeah, he went to Newcastle. Yeah. yeah so, but yeah. you know, but, but but Scott would have stayed. I know yeah. Scott would have stayed if he'd have been offered a good enough deal because he would want to play in the Premier League with Blackburn, and that was his aim. But you know, great player, great guy, really, really good guy. And after Wolves, it was York, Doncaster, Hull, Shrewsbury, and Harrogate. Um, what what are you, are you still involved? Because I don't know. Once again, the answer to this, Mark. Uh, since you've stopped playing professional football, have you still been involved in football, or have you done any jobs outside of football? Yeah, I mean, when I when I left Wolves, um, I met I met my wife at Wolverhampton. So okay, you know, we we moved. Um, we decided to move back to Doncaster, and I would travel wherever I played from there. Is she actually? Uh, is your wife fair, from Wolverhampton, we, Mark? Yeah, she's from Shifnal. Oh right, okay. Didn't know that. Yeah, so we've got we're always over that way. I mean, a lot of her family are in Shrewsbury. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's got a, a brother that lives in Shifnal now. So we've got a lot, a lot of friends in Wolverhampton. I mean, I met. I must say, the people of Wolverhampton are fantastic people. Never, never had a bad word said to me all the time I was there. Oh, that's good. And you know, really good nights out and things like that. Really good, good fun. And they've got a lot of friends still there that we we go and see and go out. Like I say. Bully and Donna yeah. are, are very good friends, which we meet up now and again when we can. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, we moved back to Doncaster and, and Bobby Mims phoned me up. He was at York at the time. Yes. And he basically said, you know, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm just waiting and finding out. He said, well, just come and do a pre-season at York. Get, keep yourself fit. So I went there and did pre-season. I went to Reading, actually, 
yeah. halfway through pre-season and they um, John Gorman phoned me up who was with Alan, Alan Pardew at the time yeah and he, he said we'd come down here for a week's training and see, see if you like it and see if we could sort a deal out so I went um, they made me pay for the hotel myself <laughs> Right, so, so I thought, oh, okay, fair enough. I'll just pay for it and get on with it. That's 80 quid said, in the hole before you leave. <laughs> oh, yeah, tell me about it. So I got there on the Monday, I trained on Monday, trained Tuesday, and he said, um, oh, there's, there's, there's a game Thursday night. Uh, it's like a, a reserve game. Uh, will you play in it so we can have a proper look in the manager can have a proper look in the guess I guess, of course I will. So um, I trained all the way up to it, played the game Thursday, played quite well, to be fair. Um, which it was only against a non-league side, so I, I should hope I did. Yeah. But um, got, when they went in Friday morning, I uh, never thought all of it and said to John, uh, you know, what, what did the manager think? And he said, uh, oh, he didn't, he didn't go. I said, you are? He said, no, he, he, he didn't turn up for some reason. <sighs> so I just got my stuff. I said, OK, John, thanks for that. I said, I'm, I'm going. Oh. So I came back and he was on the phone to me in the afternoon saying, oh, he wants you to come back next week. And I said, well, are you paying for the hotel? And he said, no. <laughs> so I said, no, don't bother. And I, I, to be fair, when I was there, there was nothing else to do. Yeah. I was, um, I was sat having a drink with Darren Kasky one yeah. night and he, and he was telling me how much house prices were down there. There was no way I was going to go down there. <laughs> yeah, so I came back and signed for York on a three-month deal. And then Ian Snodding was the manager of Doncaster and he got in touch and basically asked me if I'd go down there. They were in the conference, but, you know, it was something that, like you said before, that I wanted to do in my career before I finished yes. to, to play. So I went there Then from then it was a, I had a eight-game spell at Hull to get him in the playoffs, yeah. which um, got beat in the playoffs, but I never lost a game at Hull. Okay. Uh, dead, deadline day I went to Hull and then we, there was eight league games left. Uh, never got beat and then we got in the playoffs and just got beat in the playoffs too late in Orvin. Yeah. And then from then I finished my two-year career at uh, Shrewsbury but the, the first season did really well. I think we finished about seventh, nearly got in the playoffs. And then the second season, January, I did my cruciate knee ligament which oh. finished me altogether. Yeah, at that stage of your career, it's not one you can come back from realistically, is it? <laughs> No, I mean, I did think we'd, I'd done my cruise. We thought it was a cartilage. I, I went into an operation end of January to do my cartilage. And when I came round, the surgeon basically said, uh, it's your cruciate knee ligament as well. I've mended your cartilage, he said. And I've tested your your, uh, your ligament under anaesthesia. And he said, it's, it's like 75% as it could be. Yeah. I said, well, what does that leave me with? And he said, well, you'll never play professionally again. Oh. And, he, and he said, but... If you have the operation, you're going to be out for a year at your age. Yeah. And that's going to be, obviously, I was out of contract, so there was no contract there for me. Yeah. And he said, but you can leave it and you you should be fine. You know, you might get pain here and there now and again, but you should be okay. You should be off to do exhibition games and stuff like that. So we ended up just leaving it. Um, and then I, I went straight into non-league. I went to Harrogate Town uh, as an assistant manager and played for a full year. Um, so that, that was quite good entertaining. Um, I mean, Harrogate are in the league now, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They've done excellent. I mean, that was, what would that be, Northern Premier League? Yeah. Flipping so, and now yeah, they've just... Bit, had some good step-ups, yeah. They've done oh, really massive. Well. And what, have you, have you, are you still involved in football now in any capacity, Mark, or, or what yeah, do you do I now? Say, I, 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 went, I've had, I, had, I had 12 years at non-league and 
eight of them managing myself yeah at Matlock Town and that and other places and then now I um I work for BBC Radio Lancashire doing okay uh, some summarizing on games for all the Lancashire teams mainly Blackburn yeah but I do I do cover uh, your Blackpools your Fleetwoods um, you know people like Preston people like that Morecambe and uh, just because if they come over this way it's easy for me to get to into Yorkshire and yeah and down the M1 and things like that so it's it's, it's good I enjoy it. And did you, I always ask this question, Mark, did you see football as a job? Um, I think from where I started, yes. Yeah. You know, I think if I'd have started at the top, then, you know, the money doesn't really come into it anywhere. Yeah. But, you know, I, I started on £60 a week. and uh, That well, wouldn't even pay for your hotel thought. at Reading. I know, well, it wouldn't have even paid for one night, don't worry about that, you don't know how much it was. <laughs> but, you know, and that, I mean, when I got offered uh, a new deal, um, it, the, the manager at the time was a fellow called Mick Books, and he said, you're the only one getting a raise. Yeah. I says, all right, great. He says, yeah, £80 a week you're getting. And, you know, I got I got offered 250 for Blackburn, so I thought that was that was the be-all and end-all them in them days, you of know? Of course. But yeah, I think I think it is. It does become a job. It's a it's the best job in the world. Yeah, I'll say that straight away. You know, it's something that nobody can ever take away from you, whether you played one game or hundred games. You know, it's yes. a, it, it's a special moment playing your first game, and it's a special moment playing your last game. Uh, I, I didn't take anything for granted anywhere along the way. I know I tried my hardest every game I played. And and I think I know the answer to this final question, Mark. But if you can look back on that unbelievable career, and it was an unbelievable career, um, if there's one abiding memory that you look back on with a smile on your face, and I think I know the answer, what would it be? You might not know the answer, you know. Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, winning the Premier League is something that you know not a lot of people do. Yeah, and it was a fantastic achievement. The downside for me is that I didn't play the last game of the season. Oh. Which which took a bit of edge off it, um, you know. There was reasons behind that which I won't go into, but it it, it it took a bit of the edge off for me. But yeah. once I once I had a couple of beers down my neck, it was soon forgotten. Um, the biggest personal moment for me was the playoff final against Leicester in '92. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you know, played at Wembley for the first time in front yes. of I think there was seventy odd thousand. Uh, I was named man of the match. Um, you know, things like that don't come don't come way through it you yeah. know don't come very often for you and I think that is that is probably my most one but what I would say is the playoff fi final at Molyneux is the best atmosphere I've ever played in and oh. that's with Champions League games and games of the Premier League that means really? so much yeah it was it was unbelievable do you know what? I'm sure it was Aidy Williams that said that in his podcast because he scored the other goal and he said that yes, night yeah. at Molyneux it was absolutely buzzing. Yeah, it was bouncing. It was it was an unbelievable atmosphere. And I think you had to give a lot of credit to Crystal Palace on that day because they could have folded quite easy, especially when we got the first goal. Yes. You know, they came back, but the, the crowd was unbelievable. And I, I've, I've said that all, all after that game, all of my career, you wouldn't get a better, a better crowd. I mean... I played against um, the promotion Wolves when they won 87-88. Yeah, actually, I was going to ask yeah. that. So did you, you'd have played against Steve Ball when he was rattling him in for fun? Yeah, he, he was probably elbowing me then as well. <laughs> but he's, uh, yeah, 
87-88 yeah. I was looking up, up today and thinking that's the year they got champion and I can remember yes. coming coming out of the tunnel for the warm up in that year at, uh, at the old showground in Scunthorpe which is the old ground Yeah. and I looked to my left and there was there must have been 4,000 Wolves fans I mean we were getting 1,500 as a crowd <laughs> I think there was nearly 6,000 that day and they were all over the place you know what I mean not just at an hour we were used to coming out at Scunthorpe and no away fans or 20 away fans yeah. and not really many home fans you could hear everybody speak but that was unbelievable when they scored they all, they all ran I think they won 1-0 and they all ran on the pitch, and it was it was so frightening as a young lad. I think I was only about 16, 17 at the time. But it, it's uh, it, it, that that stuck in my mind about when the first when the Wolves connection came up. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, and, and the other connect. I have a little other connection as well. Yeah, um, with Barry Stobart. Yes, you know, Barry, yes, uh, Barry Stobart. Yeah, nineteen sixty Cup final. Yes, he born in Doncaster. He lived in the next street to my mother. As kids, no way. Yeah, him. My mother is be, is was best friends as uh, as youngsters with his sister. Flipping. Uh, the, yeah, and they're still friends. So I knew all about wolves growing up. Yes, that story. That story of the 1960 Cup final was told to me over and over again. And who did they beat, Mark? Blackburn Rovers. <laughs> Black three nil. Ridiculous uh, into really when you think about it. It, it is, and Mister Mister Whelan broke his leg, didn't he? Yeah, oh, you don't have to tell us about that. You get that every time he speaks, don't you? He hasn't mentioned it much, has he, over the past <laughs> 60 years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. so there's connections all over the place, isn't there? You know, like with my wife being from there now. And yes. There. It's, uh, uh, it's a good place to be. I, you know, I like to say I loved it while I lived there, so great stuff. Oh, well, listen, Mark, it's, it's, I've learned so much today. Normally, uh, you know, on these podcasts, you know, I, I learn little bits, but I've learned so much today um, about, and you know what, it's been lovely speaking to you. Thank you for your time. Thank you also for representing our great club, and uh, you're welcome back on the Wolf Whistle anytime. Thanks, Chris. Can I just say, um, I don't know if people, anybody of the Wolves fans on Twitter, yeah. we are trying to raise money for MND at the minute. Yes, Martin the, Neuron um, disease. Is the that the ice, Lenny John Rose appeal? Yeah, Lenny was a was a player yes. when I first went to Blackburn, and so he's you know he's he's not in a very good way. No, and so we're trying to raise awareness. So if anybody would want to go and do an Ice Foot ninety two challenge and send your video on Twitter, please do. It's a it's a good it's a good cause. Yeah, I mean, so you are I believe Super Atco twenty two on Twitter, aren't you, Mark? I am, mate. Yes, that's it. Yep. So if the Wolves fans can get following Mark um, and and kindly support Lenny John Rose's appeal, because I do follow Lenny, and you know, once again, great footballer. Sadly, you know, motor neuron disease, which we all know is an absolutely barbaric illness. Yeah. It's so so sad. So anybody, any listeners, and any supporters that can support Mark and obviously Lenny on this fundraising, please, please do. Thank you for that, Mark. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Jason. Yeah, cheers, Mark.